Welcome to the Emmaus Fellowship Teaching Podcast. We trust you find this encouraging. Emmaus Fellowship is located at 205 North Pine Street in Woodland Park, Colorado. Our phone number is 719-687-6061. We trust you find this encouraging as you pour over God's Word with us. Gave me a voice and a song Taught me how to sing I felt like the Lord um, just dropped something in my spirit to share with you, and it does go in line with what we have been tracking on in the way of the book of James, and so I'm going to just press into the next phrasing here of James 1, and in particular, James 1, 6. When you ask... Be sure your faith is in God alone. When you ask, make sure your faith is in God alone. And so we're asking. And we're making our desires known to God. I think that word, ask there, is really um, very helpful for us. And I don't know about you, but my relationship with my own personal heart hasn't always been friendly. Like, I, I used to line up with folks who would argue that the heart was deceitful. So I'm, I've had to unravel some old tapes, even since I was a little boy growing up in the church, and I began at a young age to hear that message and begin to agree that... Um, the heart is not to be trusted. But since then, I've learned to, um, that when someone comes to me and they say, your heart is deceitful, um, and they want to argue with me about the goodness of the heart, I don't really have a problem with having that conversation anymore because I believe that we have been given a new heart. And I could argue back that your mind can also be deceitful. <laughs> right? And, um, and I would say that over the years, you know, the, the big question about how do I relate to the desires of my heart, I guess we could ask ourselves that question. When it comes to exploring the relationship between the desires of our heart and the goodness of God, when we take James 1, 6, where he's very clear that when you ask, be sure that your faith is in God alone, do not waver. For a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. So, um, so to ask the question, you know, like, how do you relate to the desires of your heart? I think, I think that's really a good question to start with here. Do you validate the longings or do you dismiss them? Do you um, trust your heart enough to listen to its longings and desires? Or do you distrust your heart? You guys remember back in the day, Duncan, I know you were there when Gary Barkalo came up and we had a men's gathering up at Quaker Ridge Ranch. I remember one phrase that just keeps echoing over the years that he said, and it was that your destiny is encrypted in the desires of your heart. 
And, um, and so when you think about the desires of your heart, I mean, we've talked about this before in the past. Uh, we have to recognize that the thing about our hearts is like it responds to beauty. It responds to Jesus. I mean, the thing that has kept me in the faith over the years through various trials, tribulations, through loss, through death, through hardship, through all of the things that has shaken my faith, the thing that has kept me is not a stronger rationale, is not a more ironclad theology or a more certain structure of belief. The thing that has preserved my faith over the years, especially when I've endured trials, is, um, is when I've met Jesus, is when I've encountered the goodness of God in the person of Jesus. I remember um, when my son died. So I have two sons that are both buried in the cemetery here in Woodland Park. Uh, one was three days old when he passed away. And... Um, and when I lost my son, I spent hours, days, weeks increasingly isolating myself. And I slipped deeper and deeper into a crisis of faith. Because we had done everything that we knew to do in the way of praying for his healing, praying for his resurrection. We had called in the elders. We had called in our community of faith. We had done everything that we knew. We stood in faith. We did exactly what we're doing here today. And I was rocked. And so um, when that trial seemed too great to endure, God brought me into a connection with a particular man. His name is Bob Folk, or Robert Folk. And um, <clears throat> he really had the father heart of God. And he did not try to talk me out of my pain. He did not try to give me bigger and better ideas of who God was. He simply prayed that the presence of Jesus would come close to me. And I had an encounter with Jesus because Bob Folk offered the comfort of Jesus to my heart. And I experienced the beauty of Jesus there. And honestly, as I look back in my journey of spirituality, that was a turning point. Bob's willingness to do what we're doing here, to weep with someone, to pray for someone, to not just um, recite by rote prayers that we hope will work, but to ask Jesus to come near and to connect with whatever situation we find ourselves in, with whatever person we're connecting with. So that, to me, became so pivotal because... Um, if you, if you were to timeline my journey of faith, 
It was soon after that when I encountered the beauty of Jesus in some of my most dark pain, you know, that actually I had a spiritual awakening. That the reality of the Holy Spirit became alive to me. That the, the cruciform Jesus became alive to me. You know, this, this idea that I've been tossing around here this morning, it began then. That it wasn't just enough for me to know the historical teachings of Jesus, the historical um, activity of Jesus, how he related to people in, in light of uh, you know, the, the Gospels. It, that, those are beautiful stories, and they're beautiful teachings, and they, they, they really give us a foundation. And, and I'll talk about this more in the future, but let me just say this, that when Mary Magdalene met Jesus at the tomb, and she presumed that he was the gardener, what did Jesus say to her? Do not cling to me. He said, do not cling to me. Now, there's probably a couple of ways that we can translate that, but for me, I am translating it. Do not cling to the historic Jesus alone. Discover me now, post-resurrection this is the Jesus that we are experiencing. This is the way that our hearts are made alive and renewed, right? So experiencing that dynamic of who Jesus is. And like I said earlier in my prayer, I mean, Saul, when he was on the road to Damascus, he met the cruciform Jesus. He met the resurrected Christ. And his encounter with Jesus is what transformed his life. And it's true. I mean, that's the beauty of Jesus and the gospel that has endured these thousands of years now is that the presence of the living Christ has been made available to all of us, every single one of us, all across the globe. And so, anyway, that's, that's exciting for me. And so, anyway, all I'm saying here is this, that um, the, the heart can be trusted and our desires matter. We can make our desires known. We can ask. And when we ask, and you know, I've said this before, like James is an echo of, um, of the Sermon on the Mount. So wouldn't it be great if we took a minute to go to Matthew 7? And if you're unfamiliar with where the Sermon on the Mount is, it's Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And these are the teachings of Jesus that, um, that James began to echo post-resurrection in his letter that we're reading. So um, Jane, um, Matthew 7, starting in verse 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds. And he who knocks, it will be opened. Uh, let's continue with verse 9. What man is there among you who, when his son asks for a loaf, would give him a stone? Or if your son asks for a fish, you would give him a snake? You then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will the Father in heaven give you what is good for those who ask him? So this is where the goodness of God and our desires link. Is in this place of encouragement of Jesus, he's telling us, ask, 
Seek, knock. And when we ask for things that are healthy and bring growth to us like a loaf of bread or a fish, he's not going to give us something that is either stone dead or deadly. All right? How much more will the Father in heaven give you what is good? What is good? This implies that God will not give us a stone. He will not give us a snake. Um, he will give you what is good. And this does echo James 1.17. I don't want to get too far ahead of me myself, too far ahead of myself. Uh, but doesn't it say in James, I mean, James is going to follow this theme throughout the first uh, chapter of his letter when he says, every good and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. So we have the first question, do you... Trust your heart. Do you trust the longings? Are you listening to your heart? Are you able to validate the desires of your heart? Or have you been dismissive of those? Because it's from that place of desire that we can bring our requests, that we can ask, that we can seek, that we can knock. It's from that place of the heart that Jesus wants to meet with us and he wants to bring life. And this second question is really, really important as we're exploring the relationship of our desires and the goodness of God. Do you know and trust that God is good? Do you know and trust that God is good? Back to James 1.6. When you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Don't waver for a person with divided loyalties is unsettled. Again, this teaching is about the connection of our desires and the goodness of God. So let's say that you trust your desires but you're not convinced that God is good. Let's say that this equation's at work here. Let me just say that that's probably the reason why we have divided loyalties. Because you will get your longings met somewhere. So you're, you're either going to shut down your heart and shut down your desires and shut down your longing, or... If your longings are like validated and you have this sense like, hey, I, you know, hey, honestly, like this is the world. And this is us in the world. You know, if we're, if we're not convinced that God is good, then we will certainly try to get our longings met somewhere else. And this is, you know, just the pathway to dysfunctional behavior and a lifestyle of pain and whatever, whatever, whatever. But I'm just saying this, that... Until you are convinced that God is good, your loyalties probably will be divided. So how do we then become more and more convinced in the goodness of God? Well, what's the key word in all of this? It's in Matthew, it's also in James, and it's in the word receive. Can we receive? And uh, again, we're going to be suspicious if we don't believe that God is good and we may be reluctant to receive. He may be offering the best of the best, but if we're withdrawn and suspicious, okay, I'm speaking like this is a real thing because it is. 
And the reason why it's a real thing is because we're conflicted in our ideas of who God is. This is, I'm, I'm just, you know, every so often, like in these last few weeks that I've been teaching in James, I brought in current condition of our culture. And, um, and I'm all about, uh, rest, you were talking about restoring your house, you know? I got I to gotta just guess that the, the contractor who's helping you restore your house is doing so carefully. They're not going into your structure with like a wrecking ball. In fact, they're carefully like removing parts of the structure. And then my understanding is there were some things that had to be reinforced within that structure. In order for the tile not to flex, they had to reinforce your floor. Is that correct? So there were some things foundational in the restorative work of your house that had to that had to require care, that had to require um, something of a not only a restoration but a, a reinforcement, as it were. How many of you know that it is not wrong to unearth the foundation of your faith? If your belief in God is not strong enough because it has been conflicted with ideas of who God is that are not accurate. You have to know that one of the things in our current culture in the church in America is we have basically two gods. We have an Old Testament God and we have a New Testament God. Listen, friends, we do not worship the Roman god Janus who has two faces. We worship the one and only God and the good news of the gospel of the kingdom is God is like Jesus. God is like Jesus. Now, I'm on a discovery, just like many of you, of saying, well, what do I do with these Old Testament stories where it looks like God is like um, endorsing genocide. That's not for today. But I will say that um, a lot of what mankind has done has been attributed to God. And I would also say that a lot of what the Old Testament does as a type and a shadow is points to our desperate need for a savior who will bring redemption and renewal. And that is found in the person of Jesus. And uh, just to kind of stir it up even more, I would say that it was not an angry God who crucified his son. It was God himself who chose to forgive humanity. It was God. It was violent men who crucified Jesus. And so, this is where our ideas and our perceptions of who God is, we might have some good reason to question his goodness if what we believe about him is not actually founded on the truth of who he is. As we have seen in the life of and the teachings and the ministry of Jesus, 
And as we experience in the cruciform, resurrected presence of Jesus through the Holy Spirit now. I mean, we've heard Jesus say in John 14, 7, if you have known me, you would have known the Father also. He goes on to say in verse 9, he who has seen me has seen the Father. And this is certainly supported in uh, Colossians 1, starting in verse 15. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. And he made the things that can be seen and the things that can't be seen even as thrones and kingdoms and rulers and authorities in the unseen world, everything has been created through him and for him. He existed before everything else and he holds all creation together. This is the Jesus we were praying to. This is the Jesus that we're experiencing here today. This is Jesus, the visible image of the invisible God. Is Jesus good? You gotta know the Father's good. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of light. And in him there is no shadow of darkness and there's no fold. There's no changing. He's immutable. He does not mutate from age to age, from life circumstance to life circumstance or human era to human era. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. This is the good God that we link our desires to and this is what brings us faith. And this is what helps us remain unwavering, undivided. And so may you and your family, may all of us experience the goodness of God, but not only experience, may we receive it. May we suspend our suspicions of God. That's all I wanted to share. So with that, let's pray. Papa, thank you for this morning and thank you for all the ways that you are moving. You're moving in the world, in every war-torn place. Not only in Ukraine, but in countries in Africa and in Myanmar and in Syria. You are moving, you are moving, and you are good. So God... Um, Thank you for the encouragement this morning that we can listen to our hearts because our hearts respond to you, Jesus, and our hearts respond to beauty. And we can let the desires of our heart like have a voice. And we will delight in you, God, because you give us the desires of our heart. And we will trust also in you and you will make it so. And so, Jesus, where we lack faith, may we find faith in each other. Where we lack um, the capacity to receive, God, would you just woo us with beauty and goodness? And Lord, where we need you the most, I pray that you would meet us. And so, God, we will ask And when we ask, we will ask as people who put their trust entirely on you. And so God, thank you for this morning. And I pray all this in your name, Christ. Amen.
Amen. It's our joy to offer these podcasts. We sure hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions, any prayer requests, feel free to drop us a line at Fellowship at iCloud.com. If you're curious about ways you can be more deeply involved in this community, visit our website at EmmausFellowship.org and be sure to like our Facebook page.